0: Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with business founder, recovering corporate employee, and advocate, Deb Curtis. She is a remarkable woman who has overcome many obstacles in her personal life and professional journey. She is the founder of a woman-owned small business, a recovering top-performing former corporate employee and a passionate advocate for promoting diversity and inclusivity in entrepreneurship. Her mantra in life is that anything is possible with God, grit, and grace. It's a great interview. Enjoy.
1: (laughs) It's nice to meet you. Joe, nice to meet you, too. You know, I'm excited, but I I am a musician, but I um, have played just in cover bands um, and traveled the Midwest and okay. I've got all kinds of fun stories. And I love music. Music is my life. It's my way to release.
0: Okay. Well, that's good. But the confusing thing is, is that when I set this up a year ago, I had my jazz program, but I branched out to famous interviews. So this is going to encompass everything that is a part of you. We'll sprinkle the music in, but this is a very, you know, full, encompassing kind of a thing. And we'll get into Perfect. all of that as we move forward. Yeah. So, um, Again, it's great to meet you. And the first question that I have for you is: the last three years, we went qu- we went through quite a thing with COVID. Did its yeah. thing to all of us. How did you survive it? And how has it changed the way that you approach your life and business now?
1: Mm. Boy, how did I survive it? That's a great question because there's a very good backstory to March of 2020, and um, life for all of us was simple and easy prior to covid I actually had back surgery December 24th of 2019 a se- severe back surgery Joe and I was in the hospital um, and I, I was told I would be out in like a couple like a day or two as long as the pain could be um, dealt with and, and managed well I was in the hospital for a week because the pain meds, for me, weren't working, but they still sent me home. Um, and long story short, I took a DNA test and found out that many pain meds that they prescribe don't work with my system. And Joe, they were looking at me and my husband like I was nuts because they were feeding me so many pain meds, which are opioids. And I can still remember my surgeon telling my husband on the speakerphone, like, I don't think you understand what you're doing to your wife. She's going to be addicted to opioids if you keep giving these to her. Well, I wanted more, and he thought I was having an addiction problem, but they weren't working is what it was. So that was the start of 2020. And then I kept seeing on TV, Joe, when I was resting about this pandemic that was in other countries, and little by little was starting here. And then then it went full boat. Um, and, uh, my mother, um, who is 80 years old today, when I was a child, she abandoned me and my father won custody of me and my whole entire life, I would say mm, 40 years of my life. Cause I'll, I'll be 56, um, uh, yeah, next month in June, uh, 40 years of my life. She was never part of my life. She was adopted, um, was into drugs, abandoned me, and then COVID March of 2020, she called me in a complete disarray, scared about this pandemic. I knew where she lived. She lived in a rundown one-bedroom efficiency, um, basically a drug house. Not that she was into drugs anymore at her age, but it was a cheap enough place for her to live. And here I am recovering from back surgery. We're worried about COVID. I have a 16-year-old still living at home. I'm married. And my mother, who I haven't seen for 40 years, wants me to come get her and help her. So that was a start of COVID for me. (laughs) Yeah. So we moved her in because she could not live in this rundown home anymore. Um, people were dying from drug overdoses. And um, she told me the story. So we brought her to live with us. Here I am, the youngest of three daughters. I haven't had any relationship with my mom. She missed um, two of my weddings. She missed the birth of my daughter. She just missed my life completely. And uh, here she's living with me. And Here's the story behind it all. Here's the story behind it all. I almost lost my husband and my children because she was a very volatile personality um, just based on her life as she's always been, up and down, kind of like a bipolar uh, personality. We turned her around, got her in the right care. She lived with us till about July. We found a, a senior apartment complex across town from where I live, And she, we to this day, we deliver groceries to her, we take her to her doctor appointments, and our relationship has mended. And I, I learned to, I learned to forgive her from 40 years. So, COVID, COVID in all of its pain and agony that we all went through was actually what turned our relationship around it was forced and i learned here's the here's the beauty of it all i learned how to forgive cuz yeah. i believe if i didn't have that moment in time we wouldn't have this relationship that we do today we, you know we love each other all over again she's my mom i always did love her but now i understand you know she was adopted as a child i know more of her story and why things have always been a challenge for her in life and why she was addicted to you know, drugs and alcohol to bury her hurts through her younger years. I learned I was a mistake. I wasn't supposed to be born, you know, things like that. It's like, oh, wow. Um, so that wouldn't have happened unless COVID happened. And, and today, she's a great grandma. I have four grandchildren. She keeps telling me I shouldn't have lived this long, and I'm blessed. And you know what? So am I. I'm blessed too. It That's taught wonderful. a lot. To Isn't wow, that cool? What
0: great, yeah, what a great story. Yeah, so I want to get to kind of the essence of what you do, and mm-hmm. I'm going to put you in front of a bunch of third graders at a career day, and one of the kids looks up and says, "Hey, what do you do for a living?" How yeah. do you answer them?
1: Gosh, I love how you say that. Speak to third graders because I know we we tend to say too much, so I keep it simple. I help people buy businesses. Because I know the people that have the money. That's what I do. Okay. And, and, yeah.
0: So with that being said, I'm curious, when you were young in the mm-hmm. third grade, what did you want to be when you grew up?
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, in the third grade, I don't know if I knew in the third grade, but I think I knew probably after my dad won custody of me um, when after I was abandoned. Uh, I became a very sensitive girl that those childhood experiences um and my dad just taught me to ask a lot of questions growing up and and his his philosophy was to nose around and that kind of I think that kind of fits with uh, salespeople <laughs> you know you you just you like to have conversations right and um in in school we had to do a lot of fundraising for some of the uh, groups that I was part of, you know, like the yearbook, um, publishing committee. We needed to collect money from small business owners in town. Uh, whatever it may be, a sport that you were in, any kind of a club as that kid in school, the teachers would have you as the student <clears throat> fundraise and sell either door to door or business to business. And, um, I ended up being one who loves to have conversation, like I just love guesting on podcasts. And as that young girl in school, I found myself, I love to go visit small businesses and talk to the owners. And doing that as a young kid, <clears throat> fundraising, I, I was able to get my first job in um, um, an apartment complex cleaning homes for elderly uh, widowed women. So I would I would clean their homes, and then I would ride my 10-speed to the local grocery store to grocery shop for them because they didn't um, have a car. They, they were elderly, and I cleaned their apartments. And that grocery store, Joe, that, that I would go to as a young girl, and I'd get paid cash cleaning the ladies' apartments, they liked me so much that they hired me as a cashier, that little local mom-and-pop grocery store that supported our rural community. And from there on, I just knew I loved small businesses. I just love small businesses because I fundraised. It was a small community town. And small business owners are the heart. And the heartbeat, I should say, of our local economies. And, And if we don't have small businesses, we lose. We lose because they are... They're the folks that will donate to your son's baseball team. They're they're the business owners that will support the cheerleading squad. They're the ones that will buy a um, advertisement piece to put on the football field uh to probably represent that they're supporting the high school and of uh, being the business in the town. You know, that's just that's heart. So, that's where it really started with my love of small businesses and and That took me to my career, and I'll I'll just pause for a minute if you have another question.
0: I think along this path, you've been really clear about how you got here and the seeds that grew into who you are, but I'm curious who has been, and you probably needed it more than ever, especially with your mom not being around, who was the hero for you in your life?
1: Oh, my dad. (laughs) My dad, and he loved to go fishing. I was his fishing partner, and... Guess who used to take me as a little girl to the local hardware store, to the bait shop, all these mom and pop stores. And guess who did all the talking? I would sit there and just look up at him, Joe, and just, he would just go to town having conversation with the business owners. And I loved it. It was, it, you know, to go get a dozen or two of worms would take us an hour. <laughs> I'm like, let's go fishing. Come on. But he, Love to talk to all the local business owners. So that's my hero. Um, I missed him. I lost him back in um, 2018, but he's still with me. And you know what, Joe? Um, Prior to him passing, we always would talk on the phone every evening, and he wanted to hear my stories about who I helped acquire a small business. Who, Who did I help or who did I help retire and sell their business because I was working with the buyer to purchase, finance that business. He wanted to hear the stories because that was what he loved. And guess what? The apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. And that's what I felt love.
0: So you clearly, your mission and and your love for small businesses is very evident. But what is the ultimate motivator for you? What has been the motivator to do the work that you do day in and day out?
1: Hmm. Hmm. to keep the the retention and growth of small businesses in our community with unity in diversity meaning today there's 11,000 baby boomers retiring each day and out of those 11,000 baby boomers are small business owners and traditionally most of them are, are white men. And we know that. I mean, that's how it was back in, in the seventies, eighties, nineties. The men was, the man of the home was the breadwinner. So they were the business owners if they weren't in corporate. Well, now fast forward all these decades. Um, we women are equal in corporate. We're trying to stand up and, and rise above. Um, I just, I want to see more diversity. I help all people, but I want to see more women, more people of color, uh, stepping up to acquire these small businesses that are owned by baby boomers and level the playing field because that's healthy for our economy to keep the diversity in all of our states and and keep growing our local communities. I don't want to be owned by large corporations. Just owning us, we have to keep the small business heartbeat alive with diversity in the ownerships in today's world.
0: If you can meet anybody alive on the planet right now and spend some time with them, someone that would really you know benefit you and and just just would enrich you. Who would that be?
1: I love Marcus Lemonis. He's based out of Chicago from The Prophet. I don't know if anybody ever saw that show. It was MSNBC. Marcus Lemonis is um, a supporter of small businesses, and uh, he had a series called The Prophet where he would visit small businesses across the U.S., and they were business owners that would call up and tell them a story that you know we're, we're struggling in this area and we need some help. And he would go into small businesses and just observe for a couple of weeks and then make a plan of how to turn around that small business. And he believed in his three Ps. His three Ps, as in P is in Paul, P is in Peter. His three Ps were people, process, and product. And every episode you, he would walk you through the before of the small business and talk you through the people, the process and the product. If one of those three P's was failing, the business overall would fail. And each episode he would talk, you know, sometimes it's the owner getting in their own way. Sometimes, and that's, that's the people, right? Or maybe the owner has, A general manager that's pulling the business down, but perhaps the business owner has stepped out of the business to just be absentee and free, but the business is failing. Well, you got to get back in there. Um, processes. That's the other P. He'll observe operations. How do we improve? And then the product. Um, I think a lot of business owners, they will come up with a good idea of a product and it's selling. And then they start to get too involved with this, that, and everything, and, and he tries to zone it all back in. Um, so I would love to sit down with him. Uh, he did have a, a, um, a contest at one point, and I wanted to apply, thinking that that show would continue on. Um, but he would be one I would I would love to sit down with and just listen to him tell me stories and discuss small businesses and how we keep them alive and thriving in America.
0: So as a recovering corporate employee, I'm curious, do you ever watch The Office? Can you stomach that show? Yeah.
1: I haven't Here's the deal. I have heard nothing but a uh, good good feedback on The Office that it's funny. I was flying back um last year and I started to watch the show. And I loved it in the beginning. I was watching the episodes, and, and I still have to finish uh, watching the rest of all the series. So I got to binge on Netflix and watch it. But just a little bit was pretty funny.
0: Yeah. See, I was in corporate America, and I, I just can't. I, 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 had, I have to pull myself <laughs> away. I can't do it. It's too much.
1: <laughs> My husband <laughs> doesn't like it. He said, I tried that show, and he's like, no. I, don't, yeah. I just don't.
0: Yeah. Once you've been in that environment and you're happy, you're out. I think you just got to go on full detox. It's it's office it's office anonymous, and you got to just take the pledge
1: (laughs) for sure. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So you know, you've had quite a journey in life. I mean, just the intro story about re you know the the act of forgiveness and reemerging with your mom and the different incarnations and phoenixes that have come out. What are you the proudest of? What is it that you've done in your life that you just are the proudest of?
1: Yeah. That's, that's easy for me because I prayed for it. Um, when I was that abandoned girl, I missed my daddy. Uh, I was threatened not to let him know what was going on, um, being abandoned. And then, um, later on in life, uh, I, I just wanted to be loved. I just wanted to be loved and I kept finding the, the love that I thought in the wrong places. So my first marriage, um, turned into a disaster. I was married to an alcoholic and, um, there, there was a lot of domestic abuse. He ended up in jail a few times and I bailed him out and I was, I was the breadwinner. I was the female breadwinner in the, um, mid-90s with an alcoholic husband at home that couldn't hold a job. But you know what I did? I I didn't let anyone know, Joe, not even my dad, because I was too embarrassed. Um, I thought this man loved me, but it was the wrong kind of love. And it got so bad that my dad and my big uncle Joe helped me get out finally after three attempts safely with police and, and moving out. And through all of those trials and tribulations from abandonment to the domestic abuse, I kept talking to God. I'm like, I just want to be loved and I just want a family, a normal life. I'm like, if you're real, would you help me? How do I do this? You know, I just ups and downs and ups and downs and hurts and trials. Well, my proudest moment is I am remarried today for 30 years and God answered my prayers by blessing me um, with three daughters and at this time, four grandbabies and two on the way. They just keep coming. So now I feel like I'm showered with blessings. So here I am all these years later and what I prayed for all those decades prior, he answered my prayer. So that's my proudest Accomplishment is the family I have today. Um, I love them all and I'm blessed.
0: That's wonderful. Um, so do you ever find yourself thinking it's miraculous that you reunited after 40 years? I mean, if you would have, if you were to have been told like in your 20s and 30s, you're going to reunite with your mother later in life, would you ever believe it?
1: No, no. In fact, through the years those years there were a lot of family uh, members especially on my dad's side that were very bitter at what my mom did everybody was very bitter and rightfully so how in the world could you abandon a nine-year-old a ten-year-old and leave her in a house like that and threaten her and how in the world could you just disregard her her whole life and in and, and misery loves company so of course. I'm hearing this from everybody, and I'm like, yeah, that sucks. Yeah, that's rotten. But you know what? It it doesn't feel good to talk like that. It just, it, sometimes I almost felt, I don't know how to say it, like ah, this it doesn't feel right, but everyone's complaining, so I must complain with them. So, um, no, I never in my wildest dreams would have thought these that this came true. So it's a God thing. Right, (laughs) right. I always pray to have that family. Guess what, Joe? She's my mom. She's a grandma to my daughters. She's a great grandma to my grandchildren. So God wasn't finished yet, was he? In March of 2020, even though COVID hit, He's like, "Oh, that's right." Deb prayed that she'd have that family through all that those years and decades of pain. Let's bring her mother back into her life and teach her forgiveness teach her forgiveness. And thank God he did that. Because if I lost her, I'd have that baggage of probably hate in my heart of never reuniting, right? Mm -hmm. So my lesson to your listeners would be, you got to forgive because you don't want that on your heart for the rest of your life.
0: Yeah. So, Everyone out there has a perception of you. You have all these different pockets of people that are in your life family, friends, clients, colleagues, but you are in control. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are?
1: Mm. Uh, um, I am a sensitive, passionate woman that hurts when other people are hurting because. I live through a lot of hurt, but I strongly believe that sensitivity is my superpower because sensitivity is vulnerability and vulnerability helps you connect. Um, so, yeah, it, it can be a weakness because I'm one that will quickly tear up. Um, o- over something, and, and others may look at that as being weak, but it, it's a superpower. So that's who I am.
0: Were you a singer in the band?
1: <laughs> yes, I was. And Does that make sense? Because my husband always says, all you musicians are emotional. That's what he tells me.
0: I What I get from you, I've done this enough, you have a very soothing voice. You have a voice that the kids would love to have story time with. It's Aww. just I can just tell, and usually when when there are like people that are singers, there's there's a there's a tone that I can tell, and it's a very comfort comforting voice. You got wow. a great voice, so that
1: Joe, you're not the first person that has told me that, and you just warmed my heart and made my day. Um, um, singing is all about telling the story, and and I love to share stories with my heart on my sleeve. I don't, and my husband always tells me, you don't hold anything back. I don't, I speak truth. And in lyrics to songs, I understood what the message was, but sometimes those songs that we covered, I had to twist it to make sense to my life. Yeah. Isn't that cool how yeah. that can be done?
0: I the process that. of interpretation and good for you you got to stick to who you are that's the that's the bottom line you can't hold back we have one shot around the sun might as well do it right right thank you
1: i know for sure <laughs> so
0: um anyone out there that is interested in you and wanting to know more about you hire you anything pertaining to your world how how do we open that digital door
1: yes easiest way would be a direct email to me which is my name it it's deb at debcurtis.com, my first and last name, deb at debcurtis.com. And um, if you are on social media, my, my platform of choice, LinkedIn, it's a real professional community and clean. I, I like to visit TikTok for a few laughs, but um, I have a great following of people that know who I am um, on, on LinkedIn, so it's a little bit different experience there. But we all need a good laugh on TikTok every now and then, right?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Hey, Deb, this has been great. Thank you for opening up. Thank you for your story. It's a wonderful one. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, and more from around the globe. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time.